Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, a community of prayer. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians is one of encouragement. I think this is great. Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, I've not stopped praying for you. What a reference those people were given. They were full of faith and love for the saints. Would we like that to be said of us? Would I like that to be said of me? I'm not sure I reach that at all times. But I can think of some people who actually fulfilled that. I can think of one person in particular who was full of love. Not just for the saints, but for the world around. But she was full of faith too. A great person. I know sometimes I need to strive to be more loving. But I would love it to be said of me. You're full of faith and love for the saints. But the other exciting thing I think about this verse is that Paul says, I've not stopped praying for you. I've not stopped thanking God for you. That challenged me. That challenged me really strongly. Do we thank God for other people who have faith and love? Do we do it for those in our family? Do we do it for one another here? We're family. Do we thank God for each other? I was really challenged by this. God really said, are you really thanking me for your brothers and sisters? It made me think of our granddaughter who was baptised two years ago. Do we pray? We pray for her, yes. But do I thank God for her regularly, for her faith and love? Do I not stop thanking God for her? I've been really challenged by this because I want to be a person that thanks God for each each person, for each one of you, for my family, for the wider world. But you know, Paul didn't stop there. He went on to pray, not just once, but over and over again. I keep asking... Not just I ask, but I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom. This was what Solomon asked God for when God asked him what he wanted. Solomon asked God for wisdom. He saw the value of godly wisdom. He could have had anything, but he saw the value of godly wisdom. We were talking with Francis last weekend, and he was saying how wise the Christians had to be in the situations they face in a Hindu-controlled society. We all need godly wisdom in our situations. Every one of us needs that wisdom from God. To be able to say, God, what are you saying in this situation? God, how do I react? God, what do I do here? I was reading Genesis um, this week, and, and I was reading the story of the Tower of Babel, and I thought, well, here's an example of people that thought they were clever, they thought they were wise. 
and they were going to build a tower. But their wisdom wasn't godly wisdom. Theirs was their human thinking, their human wisdom. And that on its own is no good. We need God's spirit in us to reveal God's will, God's way, God's wisdom. That's what we should be seeking. And this is what Paul's prayer for the, the Ephesians was. That you may have the spirit of wisdom. That spirit that can only come from God. And not only wisdom, but revelation. That God will make clear to you what he's trying to tell you. That God will reveal things to you at all times. That he will reveal things that are to come. In John 16, 12 to 15, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. That promise is still the same today for you and for me. God is still wanting to reveal things to us. And why do we need these gifts? Well, so that we'll know him better. The more we know about a person, the more we we understand them. And how can we know him better? This is a practicality for us, really. You know, how do we get to know God better? Well, when we read the Bible, we learn more about God. We need revelation in reading it so that we can understand what God is saying to us. The Bible is a story of God's love and care for his world. The Bible reveals to us God's plans and purposes for each one of us. It's it's a book that, at times, I have found difficult to understand. There have been times when I've thought, it's just too much for me. But you know, as God's spirit has, has been within me more and more, I've been keen to find out what God is saying. Because I want to learn more and more about God. I want to have that relationship with him. I want to know him so closely. I want to hear his every word. I want to be able to hear what he's saying for me, for others, for the world. And the only way I'm going to do it is by getting into the book and reading it and understanding it. And it's good to ask us to show us what he wants to show us, what he wants us to to reveal to us as we read it. I find it helpful when I'm reading the Bible to spend quite a few days on one passage. Some of you might not find that helpful, but for me, I will spend two or three days reading the same passage over and over again and say, Lord, what are you showing me? And it's amazing what I get from just doing that. I learn so much. But one good thing is to ask God to open your eyes that you'll see what he's showing you out of his word. Psalm 119 verse 8 says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I can remember being in one church where that was written right across the front of the church. Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. And I thought, yeah. At the time it wasn't relevant, but looking back now I think, wow. You know, they got it right. They were asking God to reveal things. 
And it's only as you spend time with a person that you get to know them better. And the more time you spend, the more you get to know about that person. So the more time we spend with God, the more we will get to know God. I know that in the busy world today, it's difficult to find that time to spend with God. But it's value time. It really is value time. And it will reap great rewards in the future, in our relationship with him. You know, it's, it's just worth really sacrificing something sometimes. But that time will be different for each one of us. It may be while you're travelling to work. And I think I've, you've heard me say before that when I travelled to work, that was my time of talking to God and sharing with God and listening to God. And I got some amazing words when, when I was driving along. Obviously, when you're praying, you don't pray with your eyes shut when you're driving. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you wouldn't get very far. But, you know, God knows and God, God gives us times when we can set aside. It may be that for some of us, it's on our way to work. It might be a set time that we need to sort of hide ourselves away from the family, especially when we've got young children, because that could be a difficult time when you've got family around. And finding that quiet time is very difficult. I believe it was um, Wesley's mother that used to put a tea towel or her apron over her head and, and the family knew not to disturb her at that time I remember reading that sometime but you know that's, that's one way might be a wander around the garden it might be a walk in the park it might be anywhere but you know your place that's the best place for you to set time aside with God and it's important and I'd urge you don't miss out on it just don't miss it because it's value time and it's getting to know Father more and more. And talking about getting to know Father, the things I used to love doing with my dad was going on journeys with him. He was a, um, a traveller for a, a firm and a rep, rep, travelling representative. And he'd sometimes take me on the journey with him. And it was great because he talked to me about different things. He talked to me about his childhood. He talked to me about different situations. And I found out more and more. And they were value times. And I'll say this with you, when you spend time with God, you get those value times. So don't miss out of them. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called to you. I wonder what that means. Well, for me, and I did look at some of the theological books but I decided that I'm going to share with you what I, I feel that God is showing me on this we're called to a life of relationship with God that's the hope but the great hope is that it doesn't end on this earth it's an eternal relationship with God Jesus said Anyone who believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. We've got that eternal relationship with God. But he's called us for this relationship with him. Is it just for our benefit? I don't believe it is. We're called to a life of relationship to partner with God in his mission while we're on this earth. 
And it's as we get that relationship with him, we hear where his direction is showing us. Bill and Lindsay are going to Ireland. It'll be an adventure. It's a new, a new move. And God calls us to different places. Liz and Peter have been out to India. Fell in love with the place, I know, and they're going back again later this year. Other people are called to work in different areas. Not necessarily called to go abroad or do things like that, but it's a life of adventure. God is showing us new things. Talked about the evening that we had with our neighbours last night. Brian and I didn't get to bed till way after midnight because the last ones didn't leave till just before midnight, quarter to twelve. But we went to bed excited, really excited because we are building relationship in our community. And we're finding that we know people in our community that our neighbours don't know. One neighbour walked in and said, I don't know anyone here. And, and you know, it's excitement, it's adventure, it's a new step out. It's a new way of living. But know your calling. God called Paul on the Damascus Road because he had a purpose for him. He was to be God's representative to the Gentiles. When Ananias questioned going to lay hands on Paul, God said, Go, this man is my chosen representative to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I've got a purpose for him. That's what God was saying. I've got a purpose for him. That's part of my calling. Do you know your calling? That might be different at different times. As a teenager, I knew my calling was to work with young children because God showed me very clearly. That wasn't what I'd planned. I suppose I had that worldly wisdom that we talked about with the Tower of Babel. I thought I knew what I wanted. I was going to teach French in a secondary school. But God said, no, I want you with the little ones. I've got a purpose there for you. And I believe God still put that heart with me for the children. To see the children set free. Tim's talked about liberty this morning. I want to see that with our children. I want to see that with our children set free to worship the Lord. I've got a heart for the little ones. God's laid that in me and it's not gone away. Things have changed over the years and things have God's shown me different things. But that calling was still there. Do you know your calling? Ask God what your calling is. And then, the riches of his glorious inheritance. We had a discussion last night about wealth and the rich. And Jesus said, don't lay out for yourself treasures on earth. Because thieves will get in and steal. And I was quoting about a a lady I knew who was a millionaire who was not a happy lady because she was always afraid somebody was going to steal her money. She hadn't got that joy. But we can have a joy in the riches that we've got because the riches we've got are the riches of our inheritance. Our inheritance of eternal life, of constant relationship with Father. And I would farm prefer to have that inheritance than any millions of pounds because I know I've got a future 
I know I've got a hope and a calling. And I've got those wonderful riches of God's inheritance. We're heirs of the Father. We're joint heirs with the Son. We are called children of God. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, we're children of God. We've got that inheritance. We've got that relationship. Let's take hold of it. And just think those words of Jesus. Anyone who believes in him. And Chrissy, who believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. Tim, who believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. Ali, who believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. It's for every one of us. That's our inheritance. Let's, let's make a thing of it. And then his incomparably great power for us who believe. His power for us. God's power is not only great, it's incomparable. There is no other power like it. And Paul reminds the Ephesians of the power God showed when he raised Jesus from the dead. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. Do you believe you've got that power within you? Jesus said you do. In John 14, 12 and 13, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Anyone who believes in me will do what I've been doing. (coughs) Anyone. That means every one of us that believes in Jesus will do what he's been doing. We have that power within us. The Holy Spirit has given us that power. After Pentecost, we saw that power at work in the healing of the man at the gate of the temple, the healing of Aeneas, the bringing back to life of Dorcas, the healing of people as his shadow fell, as the shadow of Peter fell across the room. We saw that power at work. The raising of Eutychus as he fell out the window. That power was there at work. But this was not just for the New Testament. That power is at work today in us. Jesus said, anyone who has faith. Just take that in for a minute and put your own, substitute the anyone for you, your name. Put your own name in it. 
Christine, who has faith, will do what I've been doing. Not just those in the New Testament. So my prayer for you today is that you'll realise this power, we will realise this power, and I'll put it on me as well, and move within the light of that power. I've been encouraged recently um, to read on Facebook some of the things that have been happening at New Life Church in Wickford. And those who know you that will, will know that this was my part of the family before I met Brian. And they are seeing miracles as they pray for people. Rob has been putting on about a man who came into the church with Parkinson's disease, was healed. And and there are other instances he's put in that people have been healed as they've been prayed for. God is at work. God is at work in New Life Church, very much so. God is at work in this church. Let's believe it. Let's take hold of it. That power is in us. Just as much as as it's in the people at New Life Church to pray for people, it's in us to pray for people. We have that power. We have that strength within us. We have that faith to know that God is at work. Let's take hold of the reality of that and move in the light of it. We sing of God's great power. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Healer. Healer of the body. Healer of the mind. Healer of world situations. Healer of broken relationships. Our God is healer, awesome in power. It's quite amazing, isn't it? We have that power within us to pray into situations. We have to claim that power from God. And every one of us has situations that we need to reach to God for. Some of us need the healing power of God. Some of us have situations that need to be resolved. Some of us have prodigals or unbelieving children. As we sing our last song, I want us to reach out and acknowledge the power of God in us to see change in those situations. One situation that I've been brought, uh, uh, has been brought to my mind this morning is of a lady called Karen who is 40, who is having a a scan this morning because she's been bleeding, coughing up blood. Let's reach out to God for this lady this morning and pray for her that God will intervene, that God will intervene in that situation. Let's reach out for her. That's just one of God's healing power. I'm not suggesting as we sing this song that anybody comes forward particularly and neither am I saying don't ask for prayer because I am but what I'm saying is if you feel you need somebody to pray for you don't leave this place today without asking somebody to pray for you in a situation 
But what I'd like Ange to do, first of all, as we sing this last song, I'd like Ange to um, play the part of it through. Is it the chorus part you're going to play through, Ange? Play the chorus through. We're going to put up the words of the chorus, not for singing, but just read that chorus together. And when Robin's got it up, we'll look at it. greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God our God and as we just look at those words for the just going to play it through twice and then we'll stand and sing the whole song but as you look at the words just reach out to God for the situations and believe that God can change every situation. We have the power within us. God has given us that power. Let's take hold of it.